we are going to continue our study of Ecclesiastes today. And you'll see it's, it's really kind of interesting because only in God's timing would we land on the verses we're at on this weekend. Only, only God's timing works this way. But I want to begin by reading, as I often do, or usually do, on Independence Day weekend. I like to read some of our founding fathers' statements. I like to read what they had to say, and so uh, it will be up here behind me. Listen to what John Adams had to say. He said, the general principles upon which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow that I believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. July 4th ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. John Adams said this, he said, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Ben Franklin said this, he said, God governs, governs in the affairs of man. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it possible that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Patrick Henry said, it cannot be emphasized too clearly and too often that this nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. Thomas Jefferson, God who gave us liberty, gave us life, gave us liberty. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift from God, that they are not to be violated but by his wrath? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. James Madison, probably my favorite of the Founding Fathers, said this, he said, we have staked the whole future of American civilization not upon the power of government, far from it. We've staked the future of all of our political institutions upon our capacity to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. James Madison, I said, is probably my favorite. He actually, he actually considered the three branches of government that we currently have, and he based them, he, he proposed them and based them structured to Isaiah 33, 22. It says, for the Lord is our judge, the judicial branch. The Lord is our lawgiver, the legislative branch. The Lord is our king, 
the executive branch. He will save us. We, uh, we've just come so far from this. Our, our country has come so far away from its founding. And then, as I said, only, only in God's timing could we land on these verses in Ecclesiastes on this day. And I'm just going to read them to you. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. And it says this, Who is like the wise person, and who knows the interpretation of a matter? A person's wisdom brightens his face, and the sternness of his face is changed. Keep the king's command because of your oath made before God. Do not be in a hurry. Leave his presence, and don't persist in a bad cause, since he will do what he wants. For the king's word is authoritative. And who will say to him, what are you doing? The one who keeps the command will not experience anything harmful. And a wise heart knows the right time and procedure. For every activity, there's a right time and procedure, even though a person's troubles are heavy upon him. Yet, no one knows what will happen, because who can tell him what will happen? No one has authority over the wind to restrain it, and there is no authority over the day of death. No one is discharged during battle, and wickedness will not allow those who practice it to escape it. All this I have seen, applying my mind to all the work that is done under the sun, at a time when one person has authority over another, to his harm. So we land on this, and Solomon says, Obey the king. Obey the king. Really? Does he not know what, 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 what our government is like today? Does he not know what, what we're facing today? Obey the king? It seems impossible, but, you know, Paul says very much the same thing. In Romans 13, he says, Let everyone submit to the governing authorities, since there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So Solomon tells us, obey the king. Paul tells us, submit to authority. And yet, look at our current situation. Look at where we are. Our government has murdered the unborn and called it health care. Our government has, has oppressed the poor and called it welfare. They have gone after schemes and bribes and called it politics. They have mutilated children and called it affirming. That's our government today. How can we possibly obey the king? Well, the answer is in verse 2. Because in verse 2 he says, Keep the king's command because of your oath made before God. We submit to, a, to the authority of government because we submit to God. Because God tells us to. Because God says, Obey the king. Because God says, let everyone submit to the governing authorities. We submit to the governing authorities. We, we obey the king because God has told us to do that. That's our command from God. And so, in my mind, there's only one way to do that. There's only one key to this, and that is Isaiah 33, 22. What, what James Madison set our government up on. Isaiah 33.22 says, For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord 
is our king. He will save us. Isaiah 33:22 tells us how we can submit to authority, to, to an authority that we disagree with. It tells us how to go about our oath to God in obeying the king. So Isaiah 33, in, in the context, Isaiah is writing about Assyria, a much worse government than anything we've had. Assyria has taken over Israel. In Isaiah 33, Isaiah is writing about a time when, when the, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, will burn through the unrighteousness of the Assyrians. And it will once again be the way Samuel originally saw it, as the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king. That's how he originally saw it. And that's what Isaiah 33 tells us. And so let's, look, let, let's consider those for a minute. The Lord is our judge. Only God is a, un, is, is a completely fair judge. Only God. Now, Madison saw setting up the judicial branch as outside political interference, outside societal pressure, simply saying yes or no to the laws that have already been passed. The, 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 the courts were not to make laws. They, do, they were to interpret the laws that were passed by the legislature. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. Now, lawgiver, the, the, the Hebrew word there literally means to cut. God has cut a line between right and wrong. He's the lawgiver. He's cut this line. Now, we have, as mankind, tried to blur this. We've tried to fill it in with excuses and with uh, false righteousness and with justifications. Well, yeah, it's wrong, but in this situation, we've tried to do this, and that's not letting God be the lawgiver. God has decided right from wrong. He's decided it. He's cut a line. And it's done. Madison saw our legislature as being this way, using the revealed will of God, deciding right from wrong. Put it, drawing a line between right and wrong. And then the Lord is our king. Now, when Isaiah said this, he was taking it back again to the time when Samuel saw it that God was king over Israel. There wasn't a king sitting on a throne someplace. It was God. Madison had to change this because they didn't want kings. He had to change this to the executive branch because uh, the president and cabinet and, and such because he didn't want a king, but also because he clearly sees God is still king. God is still king of America. He is still king of the world. He, is, he retains his right as king. And so the executive branch, and frankly, the judicial branch and the legislative branch, they were all to, to, to serve God by serving the people. By the revealed will of God, they were to serve the people, which would serve God. That was the original plan. And, and frankly... I think that's the only way we can obey the king. The only way we 
in a time when, as, as, uh, as Solomon said, we are, we are ruled to our harm. The only way we can submit to the governing authorities is to understand that the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. And then it goes on and says, He will save us. He will save us. The word for save in, in, uh, in Hebrew, it's yasha. And the word yasha is, is the root of the word Yeshua, which is the name of Jesus. The, the Savior, Redeemer. Yeshua is the name of Jesus in Hebrew. And so it's prophetic in a sense because there is a time coming when Christ will reign Christ will be king over everything. That time should have come in your life already. See, we, we, we criticize a government that doesn't follow God. Are we following God? We're the people of God. Are we following God? Is, is God our judge? Is God our lawgiver? Is God our king? Because until he is in our lives, we can't fault a government for not following God. It, he has to be God in our lives. He has to be king and lawgiver and judge in our lives. And, and when it says he will save us, notice that's last. Because you can't have the savior without the judge and the lawgiver and the king. We can't just jump to the forgiveness of sin without understanding God's reign in our life without our need for him to be king, to be lawgiver, to be judge. We need the king and the lawgiver and the judge to, to have the Savior. This is the only way we can obey the king, as Solomon says. It's the only way, in my mind anyway, that we can submit to the governing authorities that are ruling to our harm right now. This is the only way, is to understand the government is not in charge. God is. We can't, we can't think, well, okay, God said obey the king, and he said submit to authority, but he didn't know what our government was going to become. you really think that's true? you think our, our day today, God got caught by surprise? Oh, man, they got much worse than I thought they would. Now, and yet he still tells us, his word still says, submit to the governing authorities, obey the king. It still says that. So again, in my mind, the only way we can actually do this, the only way we can actually submit to the authority of our government is understanding that we do it because of our submission to Christ. We do it because of our oath to God, as Solomon said. We do it because God says to do it. Do you trust him enough to submit to a government that is governing to your heart? That's really the question we have to ask ourselves today. Do we trust God enough? Do we understand that no matter what this government or any government on earth does, God is still the judge. God is still the lawgiver. God is still the king. And he will save us. That's how we submit to this government or any government. That's how we obey the king. Is to submit to Christ. 
submit to God that He is our judge and only He. He is our lawgiver and only He. I, if God says it's wrong, but the but the, the the legislature says it's right, follow God, not the legislature. He is our King. He will save us. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Do you know the judge, the lawgiver, the king? Do you know Christ as your king, your Lord? Because you can this morning. It's as simple as a prayer. And it's it's simply acknowledging that you have sin in your life. God, I, I know that I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust when you say you will save us. I trust that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And I trust that you will come into my life and and give me a life worth living. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor. Let them know. This morning, are you struggling with submitting to the government? Submitting to the governing authorities? Consider what Solomon says, that we do it for our oath to God. Consider what Paul says, that we do it because God says so. Only God is our judge. Only God is our lawgiver. Only God is our king, and only God can save us. Father, we thank you for what we celebrate this weekend. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the reminder. The reminder that we are to be good citizens because of our commitment. We are to serve because we serve you. Keep us mindful as we go through this this weekend of celebration. In Jesus' name.